Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 It's time to salute your sports on KCOU 88.1 FM and KCOU.FM. The phony at the mic. Hey, everybody. You're listening to Salute Your Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM and KCOU.FM. Back at it again on a chilly, icy Thursday afternoon slash evening. James Stanley, of course, on the boards, making noises, things of that nature. Zach Berman, of course, over here. I'm Ron Burgundy. Are you? I don't know. I think you're the Bergmeister. Or oh, man. my favorite combine, combining uh, Chris Mitchell's name is Zach Berman's name, Chris Berman. Uh, shout out to back, Connor back, McCann back, 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 calling back, back, me back, back, back. Chris Berman during the SEMO game on air. Oh, it actually happened? Oh, that actually happened. Uh, that's probably my fault. I was ta- I was talking with him about that before the game the, the day before. Uh, so you planted the earworm is what you're saying. Yes, that is correct. Oh, well. Anyways, well, without further ado or don't, we got a lot of Mizzou sports stuff to talk about, both of the football and the basketball variety. Uh, first things first. I feel like we got to talk about the football game. More specifically, we have to talk about the doomed expedition to Athens <laughs> as the Tigers went between the hedges once more. And we're to take not on the like Georgia General Bulldogs. Sherman in uh, 1864. Yeah, they didn't burn a whole lot. <laughs> well, where do we start with the positives? Well, James and Garrett had a good call. Yeah. How, how was your experience? Oh, it was fantastic. We took, I mean, we took our sweet time getting down there on Friday. Oh, yeah. Then, uh, then we saw Trump's motorcade. Oh, and, oh! And it shut down the highway going the other way, which somehow sped up traffic on the southbound side to Atlanta. Interesting. What highway was it? Uh, was it seventy five? Is that yeah? Seventy five from seventy five in Atlanta makes no sense. From, from Chattanooga and At uh, all. our our original time from from uh, Chattanooga is supposed to be like six fifteen, and we got to Papado's at five fifteen. It mm. shaved an hour off of our trip, and we're not sure if that's because of Trump or what it was. It's, and it's not the time zone differential. We were already in the Eastern time zone at that point. But no, it, it was a it was a fantastic trip. It was uh, it, it was surreal. What a way to to close out my broadcasting career at KCOU. Is Sanford Stadium as good as people say it is? Yes. Hmm. Wow, that's high praise. I thought I thought it was better than Alabama. Well, I was Ooh, impressed dang. with Bryant Denny, but that's still not at the top of my stadium list. As far as I'm concerned, Autzen is still up at number one. Dotson? Autzen, uh, Oregon. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I was gonna say I, it's I've, probably something Oregon related. I'm going, I've, I'm I've seen Oregon from the you, outside. I'm going back out to Eugene in September when Ohio State comes out there. Ooh, already planning that. Already one? Pl- wow. Hey, I've been planning that for two years. The Buckeyes, come on. I, th- I think my favorite part of the trip though was going to Lookout Mountain. Not even part of the. <laughs> that yeah. was a cool Broadcast. picture. Yeah, it was pretty dope. Yeah, we went up there. Uh, we we spent money on the um, on the Civil War diorama they have up there. Took took thirty minutes to do it, but it was definitely worth it. Got a good history lesson. Learned where the uh, fight song for University of Wisconsin comes from. You guys, <laughs> do you guys want to know? Uh, go for it. So um, it goes back to part one of the battles as part of Chattanooga. On it was called uh, Missionary Ridge, and uh, there was one point where the Union got a little overzealous and. Grant was, uh, if you could imagine this, General Grant, you know, looking through his through his through his field glasses, you know, like five miles away from where this battle's happening. If you can imagine him saying, "Who sent these men up? You know, up up this up this ravine, up this ridge." And, uh, anyways, the Union started getting beat back a little bit, and there was this uh, 
there's this young officer from Wisconsin who grabbed the, the flag bearer got killed and uh, grabbed um, grabbed the flag and led his men back up the the uh, the ridge, if you will, as um, as they're getting beat back and yelled on Wisconsin, on Wisconsin, for God's sake, onwards. So uh, that's where it came. Okay. That's where it came from. All right, I get it. But it gets even Whoa. more interesting. Who was that man? Who was it? Who Bucky was the it? Badger. Bucky the Badger. That's right. It was J.J. Watt. It was Arthur MacArthur. Shoot. Do you know who that is? Uh, I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say Douglas MacArthur's daddy. That is correct. 19 years old. Shoot. He won He won the Medal of Honor for that. For that. Well, shoot. And he got the Wisconsin fight song immortalized after his, what he was yelling. <laughs> Arthur MacArthur. That's that's a tongue twister. Are say the that. MacArthur, is the MacArthur family getting royalties for that? Or do they even need him at this point? <laughs> that's a good question. Do they even like need it at this point since, you know, the Douglas MacArthur family? I have, probably, I have no idea. Set. They're one of like, I think it's one of like 10 families that have had the father and son win the Medal of Honor because Douglas MacArthur won it for his... Right. Uh, actions in the Philippines. Right. Arthur MacArthur, that's a name. Yeah, but, man. But, it's good work if you Douglas can get it. Douglas MacArthur was not even born yet at this point. Can you imagine if you'd been killed? Shoot. Yeah. We we would have lost probably the the saving grace of World War II as well. Dang. I feel uh, I feel like someone else could have t- taken that spot. Anyways, uh, but uh, but for the rest of the trip, I was call- <laughs> I was calling Garrett General. <laughs> <laughs> General, I'm tired and I'm hungry. <laughs> General Kenobi. Speaking of which, our uh, our Airbnb was uh, less than stellar. Ah, uh, oh well. Had uh, it had dog peed stained floors. Oh, dang boy. Yeah, I slept on an air mattress. Um, and then at at, at night it got down to 59 degrees. Huh. It was freezing, so I woke up, you know, Saturday morning. Said, "said General, I'm, t- I'm tired and I'm cold and I'm hungry." <laughs> I had an Airbnb horror story in Lincoln, Nebraska, and I was calling the NCAA volleyball tournament with Case Rosenberg and our new program director Caleb Lewis, which w- uh, it was it was straight out of hell. It was in an abandoned school. Like, the apartment <laughs> complex was an abandoned school turned condos oh, in, like, no. a really bad part of Lincoln. Ooh, shoot. Have you ever seen that uh, that SNL sketch, that old Chris Farley sketch, where he's like, and you're going to be living in a van down by the river? you ever seen that? Yes, of course. Who hasn't? It was right on the river in Lincoln. <laughs> and it, living in a it, was, it was really just... Not satisfactory. Which, which, by the way, we're not trying to, to knock Airbnb at all because I've had fantastic experiences other than this one. Oh, I me probably, too. I probably stayed in a, in a dozen or so now in the last two or three years, and I've had a, I've had fantastic experiences. This one was still nice. It's just the fact that it was freezing, ridiculously cold. But what you gonna do when they come for you, bad boys, bad boys? Well, I had about the same. I mean, we had about the same experience that uh. That, that Missouri had on the gridiron. So, anyways, so let's get into some stats real quick. Of course, Taylor Powell, your starting quarterback for Missouri, because Kelly Bryant out Wolf. of action. Uh, Ten completions, twenty-two attempts, eighty-four yards, one pick. Quarterback rating of sixty-eight point four. Oh my! Oh, it's goodness. not even nice. Yeah. Fast forward to Connor Bazelak eventually taking Which, the reins. By the way, why was he not put in the start of the second quarter? He start of the good. third quarter. Uh, even even. Even in the second quarter. I feel like we can get to that in a second. Anyways, Connor Bazelak, eight completions, 12 attempts. I don't even think that's like, I mean, 
I watched some replays. There were some drops by some Mizzou receivers that could have, you know, raised that up a little bit. But beyond that, 66.7 completion percentage. Again, you know, factoring in uh, wide receiver drops, 64 yards, averaging 5.3 yards per attempt. Uh, Yeah, I guess as far as like garbage time goes, not a super duper terrible outing for Connor Bazelak. I know he hasn't really gotten a whole lot of shine this year because, I mean, you go with Kelly Bryant or you or you sink. But so far, Bazelak uh, has looked pretty competent running this offense so far. Well, unfortunately, he didn't come until the end. And what happened to the Mizzou offense? They sank like a on a river. I feel like... Do, do Bulldogs know how to swim? No. They're... Just their bone structure is, like, built so, like, they sink like rocks. Well, okay, they're not even built to breed. Yeah. I was not too. even going into the weeds with that, but that, but that, that's a Jeez. dog that is just completely, like, artificial. A shout-out to air-conditioned dog houses on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, uh, rushing, not much better. Your leading rusher on the well, day. Well, can we also talk about the defense in the in the first half? Defense we'll did everything they could. We'll get to that. Okay, sorry, Chris. I know I'm kind of fonching at the bit here. Right, I know. I really want to talk about it, too, because it was actually pretty remarkable. But anyways, your leading rusher, Larry Rountree the third, nine attempts, twenty-four yards. After that, you got Tyler oh, Beatty. Boy, eight attempts, nineteen yards. After that, Dawson Downing, four attempts, twelve yards. See, you get the idea. Why? Why was Dawson Downing also not playing earlier in the game? Uh, he he leads the team in yards per carry. He's up over six and a half yards per carry. Why is he not getting more touches until the very end? I don't that even makes, know anymore. That makes zero sense. Zero. Do you want me just to cut right to the chase on what's what I'm thinking right now? We can get to that. Yeah, in, there in is a something going on. Guess not. That I will get back to in a later moment. Anyways, on the There's flip side, something happening in here. Uh, on the what flip it side, is of the ain't ball. exactly clear. Jake Fromm had a pretty pedestrian outing for Georgia. Uh, Thirteen completions on twenty nine attempts, completing forty four percent of his passes. Well, and not only that, in the first half, out of his uh, what was it, a hundred. 40 yards of passing offense. 173 first, right here. In the first half? Yeah. Or just 173 in total. Okay, no, no. In the first half, I think it was like 120 yards or 140 yards of uh, passing offense. 70 of those yards came on third down. Oof. Well, George has always been good number? on third down. I, I realize that, but this is just saying of how close Missouri came to shutting them down. Anyway. How In the first half, anyways. Yep. Of course, two touchdowns, 173 yards on the day, completing 44% of his passes. Yeah, that'll play if you can just, like, I don't know, sit on your opponent all game and not really demand much from your offense. Rushing the ball, leading rusher, of course, DeAndre Swift, 12 attempts, 83 yards. Uh, One reception for zero yards. Didn't really go anywhere. And leading receiver, of course, we talked about this guy, Lawrence Cager, six receptions, 93 yards. Until he got hurt. Until he got hurt. That did good. And George Pickens, your uh, touchdown guy for Georgia. He got two touchdowns on the day. I think that just about does it. Oh, yeah. And um, this is interesting. Uh, Rodrigo Blankenship, only four for five as far as field goals go on the day. He did miss one. But outside of that. Well, it was from 48 yards. It was from 48 yards, which I mean, I I feel like for a kicker of Blankenship's pedigree, you could still do it, but yeah, definitely a bummer, I guess, if you're blanket shit. But hey, man, four for five is nothing to 
stick your nose up at. It is miraculous, though, that Missouri held Georgia to so many field goal attempts. That's right. As opposed to when they got into the red zone. Yeah. It could have been horrible. And there it stinks was. because it feels like it's all for naught. Uh, yeah. I mean, they did hold Georgia to a couple field goal attempts in the red zone, if I remember correctly, or was it only just one? You were there. You probably they, have the there. I think they got in the red zone four times, I want to say that. Then, okay. the, and then three out of the four times were, were field goals. Three out of four, yeah. Because there was one of them that they got into the red zone, and then after a penalty and a couple sacks, no, one sack, which, by the way, Nick Bolton had himself quite a game. That is true. Talk about filling the shoes of Kale Garrett. But, yeah, uh, Nick Bolton had himself uh, two tackles for loss, one sack, uh, nine total tackles, four solo, five assistant. So, yeah, he was just... But uh, if, you also look at, if you also look at the defense, though, making adjustments in this game, they came in on the road giving up 248 yards per game on, on the ground. Right. And they held Georgia to many less than that. Oh, yeah, for sure. They this did a prob- good job, you know, you know, um, uh, what's the what's the word? Dominating the line of scrimmage. No, not, domi- not even dominating. Uh, making adjustments. Making adjustments, yeah. Um, from the last game to this one, they th- the defense did exactly what it needed to do. Yeah. Exactly. Just the offense did not show up. Yeah, and I think we can get into, like, why that is, of course. Of course, the one number one factor you got to point out is the fact that Kelly Bryant didn't play at all. Jonathan Johnson also did not play at all. And he's, you know, one of your faster wide receiving threats on that team. So having, you know, your top quarterback out and on top of that, you know, one of your fastest wide receivers out, it's a bummer. And it's going to be hard to, like, you know, get traction. But I say that to say... Man, it's gonna, it's going to be tough to make an argument that making the switch from Josh Heupel and the in the sort of offense he brought to the table for Mizzou was less better than what Derek Dooley brings to the table. And I want to say that because I noticed this during the of all things the Alabama LSU game, the way that. LSU was able to make adjustments. And, of course, having, like, multi-million dollar assistant coaches also helps as well. But the way they were able to, you know, introduce spread concepts, things like that, into their offense, you know, to get more, you know, air yardage out of their quarterback. It's something that I think puts, you know, I think Alabama does this as well. It's something that they've done in recent years to sort of like put themselves above like other teams. And like, this is what separates them from like the Georgias where they can just like dink and dunk and run the ball down your throat all game. Don't really need to change much. The jury's still out on Auburn. I'm not sure (laughs) if they're ever going to dedicate themselves to like a dynamic passing attack. But this is the one thing that I thought that Mizzou had like a concrete edge over like, I don't know, some of their SEC peers back when Heupel was around, and that was having, like, a dynamic passing attack. And that sort of, of course, that has a lot to do with the fact that they don't have the most dynamic passer at quarterback anymore. But still, the fact that they sort of, like, shied away from having a dynamic, I'm not going to say air raid type attack, but, you know, a genuine spread offense anymore. Sort of, like, sinking back to that pro style. I'm not sure if it's like the returns are like paying off that well for Mizzou, and I'm not sure if that's something that they should really stick around with. I don't know. I want to hear what you guys think. Ever since Heupel left and Dooley took over, Missouri has not aired it out as much. You know what I'm, you know, I'm talking about? Some of those yeah. home run balls that, you know, the Drew Locke would try to manual haul. Go back to that Arkansas game, 2017. Yeah. he. Uh, I believe he had three receptions in that game that were plus or 50 yards or more. 
Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. I'm gonna look it up myself. And and, yeah. and right now, Missouri's receivers, because the issue is not not the offensive line. The offensive line has been given. Uh, Kelly Bryant or Taylor Powell or even Basil, like plenty of time behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, but it's just the receivers are not getting open. Yeah, that's another part of it too. And I don't know if that's just like, I don't know, that speaks to the talent of the wide receivers or Derek Dooley being unable to like, I don't know, scheme them open or something like that. Because I feel like that's, you know, part of the game now is just not just like getting like these dynamic wide, wide outs to like, you know, make plays, but it's a, a lot of it comes down to like, especially in the SEC, where it's going to be athlete versus athlete a lot, and it's like your big guys against my big guys, about you know just like scheming them open, and I think if your wide receivers aren't going to you know muscle or boss out like I don't know some of like the top corners in the SEC, or at least in your sort of division, like out like on like one one coverage or something. The other thing you got to do is, like, I don't know, try to force them into situations where they can get open, get separation, try to catch, you know, I don't know, the defense lacking, but I don't know. Mizzou doesn't really have that sort of, like, offensive play-calling integrity that they've had They had when Drew Locke was around. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe when Bazelak takes, like, the reins, things will change. If he's a more dynamic passer than Kelly Bryant, maybe we'll see some change, but... If the play calling is just going to be like this next season and possibly the season after that, if Dooley's still around, I don't know what to tell you, dude, because some of this this stretch has been really super ugly for Dooley as a play caller. All right, hold on. Can we back things up a second? Sure, go for it. Less than a month a ago, or actually about a month ago, we still had Mizzou football putting up points like nobody's business. They they had some sort of streak where they had scored 30 points or more. That is true. In a Shout certain amount McMur- of straight games at, that ended at the Vanderbilt game. Shout out to Brett McMurphy for always having those stats out. So here's what I don't understand, because there is something really fishy going on. And Gabe Darman and Dave Matter have looked into this. We don't know the answer. It's clearly not the NCAA, because Mizzou would have known by now. What has happened to this offense where they were putting up points on good defenses. South Carolina's got a good defense. <laughs> yeah, for Yeah, that's the thing. For like all the other problems that South Carolina Surely has. Surely a better defense than Vanderbilt has. Yeah. I mean, Georgia with a backup quarterback, I get that. But 7 points against Kentucky? 14 against Vanderbilt? Mizzou hockey, which had not won a game last <laughs> year. Has scored more scored more points this weekend than Mizzou has scored in football in the past month, and that is scary. And there is something going on. There is something behind the scenes. I don't know if we're ever going to find out about it. But I have watched sports for a long time. I have been a fan. I've been a reporter, and I'm just baffled. I've never seen this before. Where a team that can that had gone on a streak of scoring at least forty points a game just ceased to produce on offense completely. It was like with a snap of the fingers. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but I, there's something. May, yeah, again, I don't know. Maybe this has something to do with the integrity of Derek Dooley as a play caller. I don't know. Maybe he maybe he lost like half of his Google Docs worth of schemes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, but yeah, I think a lot of it does have to – a lot for as – 
I feel like this isn't super spicy as like pretty average of a quarterback that Kelly Bryant is. A lot of this offense sort of lives or dies by how healthy he is just because of how, you know, much this offense is skiing around him personally. I don't know, man. I guess it's easy to sort of, I guess it would be easy to understand if it was just mostly like just completely Kelly Bryant powered. And then for everyone else, uh, you'll get your, you'll get your dedicated playbook. Eventually you'll get your dedicated schemes eventually when you're quarterback one, but excuse me. Yeah. I don't know. It's really weird. And it's kind of a bummer that it comes off the heels of holding Georgia to under 30 points at home at night. Anyways, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Mizzou men's and women's basketball because they've had some uh, pretty stressful, pretty long weekends. So we're going to talk about that and some other stuff probably. Don't go anywhere, guys. You're listening to Salute Your Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM and KCOU.FM. For some high octane talk? Do you live for the thrill of fast cars and close vendors? Then tune into Burnin' Rubber every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM. Join Hal Estep and myself, Sterling Siemens, as we discuss the latest in NASCAR, IndyCar, Formula One, and other racing series from around the world. Don't miss the can't-miss motorsports talk show of Mizzou Student Radio. Burnin' Rubber, Thursdays at 8 a.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM, Columbia. Circle backboard? Every Thursday morning from 10 to 11 on KCLU 88.1 FM and KCLU.FM. Everybody, you're listening to Salute Your Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM and KCOU.FM, or maybe on the TuneIn app. You're listening to KCOU, anyways. Regardless of where you're listening, I'm Chris Mitchell. 
That's James Stanley over on the boards doing his thing. Zach Berman over there doing his thing on mic number three. So let's get into some hoops news because uh, it's been a very hectic, interesting week for Mizzou basketball, both of the men's and women's variety. So I feel like we should kick it off with uh, some good-ish news. Uh, let's talk about Mizzou against Northern Kentucky, and then we can get into their heartbreaking loss against Xavier, in which they looked pretty good. I wouldn't call it heartbreaking. Uh, Tough would you call loss, it? yes, but the team looks better. I yeah, I feel and like when you're three games in and you play a good ranked team in a tough in a tough venue on the road and push them to overtime. This is a step forward. Yeah, I definitely don't see Mizzou, you know, coming close in a game like this against Xavier. Actually, <laughs> never mind. Let me run that back because they beat Xavier last year, didn't they? Xavier also wasn't good last. That year. is that is yeah. correct. Okay, so there's that. But the same issue I see is Jeremiah Tillman getting into foul trouble. What yeah. two fouls pretty early in this one? Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can get into that. Um, so, anyways, so with North Kentucky, let's run that off real quick. Uh, Mark Smith, your leading scorer, 19 points. Uh, six for 10 from the field. That's pretty good. That'll stick. Uh, 75% from the stripe. Also pretty good. Six rebounds. Uh, one assist. No personal fouls. No turnovers. Pretty clean game for Mark Smith, who I guess you could say he's sort of like asserting himself as the sort of dominant, you know, presence on offense, at least for Mizzou. And of course, outside of that, you got Jeremiah Tillman, only two personal fouls, 13 points. Uh, five total rebounds, two blocks, two turnovers, uh, five for six from the field, uh, also shooting 75% from the charity stripe. Not bad. And then, of course, you got Mitchell Smith, four for six from the field, 10 points himself. Xavier Pinson, eight points, uh, shot 42% from the field. Outside of that, uh, two for two on uh, free throw shots. Not too bad. And then... I want to say early, I guess, breakout candidate, Kobe Brown, shot four for seven from the field. Looks uh, good for a freshman. Yeah, not too bad. Hit all his free throws, uh, had four toner, turnovers, but he had five rebounds, two assists, one steal, and 10 points in total. Uh, for now, that'll play against teams like Northern Kentucky. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he sort of, you know, elevates his game or if Conzo uh, Martin can sort of get his game up higher because if – the, if the freshmen are hitting right now, whole buddy. Uh, yeah, that could mean good things for Mizzou. Trey Jackson, not a banner day for him. 0 for 2 from the field. Three rebounds, one steal, one turnover. Not really too much of a factor, but I guess at this, in this case, it didn't really matter. At this point, Mizzou was 2-0. and North Kentucky 1-1. Uh, against Xavier, uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's get into some of this. Your leading scorer on the day was Drew Smith, 6 for 16 from the field. But, oh boy, he, he, hit, some, he hit some shots, buddy. Especially very late in the game. Uh, shot 50% from three. I mean, that's like two, even though that's like two three-pointers, they were pretty clutch. I would say so myself. And then everyone else not really scoring in the double digits, really. Not even like Pinson or Tillman, Mark Smith, anyone like that. Uh, so, yeah, as a team, they shot 24% from deep, 
uh, 40% from the field. And, yeah, it was kind of one of those things where it's like, um, man, if they just had someone else who was, you know, could claim to be on fire or whatever, then maybe Mizzou comes away with this game. I don't know. But, yeah, just on the whole, this game was just <laughs> ugly from top to bottom. Xavier themselves uh, shot <laughs> shot 14% from deep and 42% from the field. How do you guys feel about this game? Because, yeah, it was super ugly. But outside of that, let's sort of get like a vibe check on Mizzou right now. Where are we at? Hopeful. Hopeful? Okay. Yeah, I definitely see that. Did you watch Conzo's postgame presser? Uh, I did not, unfortunately. Very hopeful. Okay. That's cool. Up next, of course, they play Wofford here at <laughs> here at Mizzou. You can catch the action. I believe it's at 8 o'clock on Monday the 18th. You already know that KCOU is going to have some coverage of that. I forget who we're sending over there at this moment, but you should definitely check them out because, yeah, they're legit, folks. Wofford, you know, I feel it. That is true. Wofford had themselves a little bit of a tournament last year, just being that team that just jacked up threes with a tall, skinny white dude as their sniper. And it bricked out almost for the most part. Not too shabby, so it'll be interesting to see where Wofford is at. This year, actually, I could just unfortunately, right Mister Tall, Skinny, White Dude, that being Fletcher McGee, will not be playing. Oh shoot, really? Yeah, no. Dang. Anyways, uh, as of now, uh, they aren't looking too impressive as a team at the moment. Although they're a three-point shot, yeah, they <laughs> not too sh- not too shabby themselves. Uh, they've attempted 88 threes as the se- as far as the season goes and have sunk 38 of them. So perimeter defense, that's going to be really important coming into this game. And it's something that they're going to have to emphasize in practice because if you can shut them down from deep, uh, they can have some pretty good success. Because uh, outside of that, uh, they're 85th in the nation as far as, you know, Two-point Shasko, only shooting like 66% for two-point two field goals. Uh, 26 in the nation in three-point shot because he's shooting 43%. But, yeah, that should be an interesting game. Uh, and we will definitely have some more on that next week. Um, Women's team not looking too shabby. Uh, they've had some issues coming out the gate so far. I don't think that's super-duper um, out of school to say. Um, just a couple of things that have been bugging them so far, I guess. Um, free throws for one. Not having Sophie Cunningham and trying to re-engineer the offense to work around that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Anyways, let's get into, you know, their actual games. Uh, they kind of lost a, they lost a bummer against Nebraska, uh, 90 to 85 in overtime. Here at Missouri Arena, get the box score for you. They beat uh, they beat Western Illinois in overtime. Had to had to you know, sort of wrangle their way into you know, coming out on top in that one. And then of course losing to Northern Iowa at home, pretty ugly. And let's get into some of the box score stuff on that. Um, as a team, uh, <laughs> they only really shot uh, shoot. Let me, pull, let me pull it up right here. 
25% from the charity stripe, 15 for 24, which that's the difference in this game, really, between winning and losing. Uh, as far as UNI goes, leading scorer, uh, Amber Smith, 8 for 14 from the field. Uh, again, only 1 for 4 from the charity stripe. 50% from 3, 7 rebounds, 1 assist, 3 turnovers. Jordan Roundtree, 4 for 5 from the field. 3 for 3 from deep, which pretty promising. 12 points overall. Haley Frank, 3 for 9 from the field. 9 for 10 from the charity stripe, so that's pretty good. 2 for 4 from 3, 17 points in total. But, yeah, just one of those things where... James is pointing some at me. I don't know what it is. I think it's a can of air. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, uh, one and two, not super great for a Mizzou basketball team of tournament Ac- sort of aspirations. I don't know, man. It's so early in the season. It's still, it's tough to really get a full-on gauge about what we're looking for right now. Yeah. I, I guess that's true. And in the second half of that Nebraska game, they only shot like 73% from the charity stripe, 17 for 23, which, again, one of those things where uh, maybe those free throws, maybe playing a little bit, you know, hard-nosed defense. That's the difference between winning this game and not. I feel like there's something about a, a football game this weekend that we should probably talk about. Yeah, that's true. Uh, as far as Mizzou women's team go, they go at Green Bay and at South Dakota. Uh, they lost to Green Bay last year at home, so I don't know how this one's going to play out. Could get hairy. I don't know, but we'll have some more deets on it next week. Um, Tennessee's 5-5 five and five right now. Ugh. Yeah. After a kind of after a crazy, uh, weird, and stupid start to their season after losing to Georgia State and BYU and teams like that, uh, Tennessee's kind of turned the corner a little bit. 3-3 three and three in conference. Um yeah, what do we make of Tennessee right now? Outside, of- I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> to be a hundred percent honest, with you, I don't know. Yeah, they're only kind of like Missouri. Yeah, we still don't know. Yeah, they're only. I think Florida is going to be a very telling whatever. On- oh shoot, I'm dumb. I thought we were playing Tennessee. I oh no, they were playing no, Tennessee playing Florida. Week. Uh, I'm dumb. Anyways, I'm sorry. My apologies, folks. Uh, <laughs> Florida, a little bit better than Tennessee. They are, uh, shoot, they're like 8-2 and two on the season so far. Number ten, uh, 11 in the nation? Yep, top, like, 15 in the nation. Nothing to, you know, spit your gum at. Uh, yeah. All right. Only games they really lost were to uh, Georgia and to LSU, which herein lies the key to how Mizzou's offense is sort of like, you know, Gets uh, spark plugged again. Show up. Uh, well, that's one thing. And the other thing they got to do is they kind of sort of have to force a third and Grantham appearance, maybe one or two here and there, because that's where I don't know if you guys like read into it because Georgia converted on the most third downs that they have since I want to say 2014 at Louisville. And who's defensive coordinator at Louisville? 2014, folks. Was that Barry Odom? That was Todd Grantham, buddy. Oh, I. <laughs> That's right. Ty Grantham, def- defensive coordinator, 2014 Louisville. And, of course, defensive coordinator for the Gators this year. Uh, emotional blitzing. That's Ty Grantham's calling card. Doesn't matter where, <laughs> doesn't matter what the situation is or where they're at on the field. You blitz. You blitz. Just blitz, blitz, blitz. 
which I mean, it can work if your team is like, I don't know, weak enough to not withstand it. But if you're a team like Georgia who can sort of, you know, prey upon that, uh, yeah, you can convert a lot of third downs that way. You can sort of like, or if you're Florida, just leave Lawrence Cager completely open and out and about. Just leave him like totally unguarded. Like there, like even like some third and short situations, I noticed uh, checking in with that game. There were some just sometimes on like third and whatever, where they would just like either forget Lawrence Cager exists or just not dedicate enough coverage to Cager. And so herein, I think Mizzou could probably make this a game if they can't replicate some of that devil magic they had against Florida in years past. Oh, and it's that, just that Barry Odom has has Florida's number for whatever reason. Yeah, and <laughs> we don't really know why. Plus, it's also in November, and Barry Odom, uh, despite losing on uh, on Saturday, had a nine-game win streak in the that month of November. True. Barry Odom, pretty decent in November. All right, it's time to face the facts here. This is a lose-lose situation for Mizzou, and I will tell you why. If they lose which I expect to happen. That's why I'm picking Florida. Fan hysteria will be at an all-time high. Dave Matter, Gabe Darman, if you're a beat writer or work for the social media department for Mizzou football, just mute your mentions. It's going to get ugly. Then you start calling for Barry Odom's head even more so than before. And then you get into the whole, oh, why would you fire him? He's a true son. That sort of thing. If Mizzou wins... Barry Odom is guaranteed to stay at least another year. People will fall back on this whenever Barry Odom loses a game like a Wyoming or a Vanderbilt, and people are like, why is he here? Well, he can beat Florida. What is Mizzou playing for? The Birmingham Bowl? We don't even know if there's going to be a bowl. We still haven't heard from the NCAA, which is a thing in its own right, but what do you really win here? You win a football game, and that's really all it boils down to if I want to get into it. Just, you know, take it a week at a time. Big picture, not really that important at this point. Just just be Florida, man. If if you can, be Florida because that'd be really sick. I'd be extremely happy, and I think it'd be extremely hilarious if Mizzou, in the state that they're in right now, ended up beating Florida again. It would be a very Mizzou thing to happen, which is why I'm picking the Gators 24 to 10. What do you got, James? I, I like that pick. It's maybe a little more lopsided, 35-13. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm thinking 27-20 Mizzou. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I think that's really where I'm at right now because I think <laughs> uh, we talk about flipping the switch between, like, home and away a lot here. Uh, and I'm really just – Throwing that prediction out here. Oh, you're right. It's just, a home game this weekend, too. So I'm just putting the feelers out just to see if there is some sort of, you know, sign of life over on the offensive play call inside. I think now that, that Mizzou uh, is back at home. If the, if we're still getting the same Derek Dooley that we've been getting for like the past three games, then yeah, Florida's probably going to win pretty easily. But if not, uh, I like Mizzou's chances. I think that uh, Mizzou football needs to adopt a new slogan. What's the new slogan, buddy? At least we're not Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> My <laughs> goodness, all the At issues they had firing their coach this last week. Okay. All right, so, Berman, let me extend this argument to you. Do yes. you want Do you want Mizzou to lose to Arkansas? I can't answer that until I know what happens <laughs> against Florida. <laughs> but 
If Mizzou loses to Florida and Tennessee and then loses to Arkansas, I think that would send a clear oh. message of what would need to happen. Oh, my goodness, happen. it does. They didn't finish the year five and seven after fin- after starting out five and one. I think that would be enough to get a coach fired. Okay, that means they would have lost six in a row. I don't. I I think Missouri probably goes six and six this year. Is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking seven and five. Seven and five back to the Texas Bowl. Chris, yeah, uh, I have a drive. very important question for you. What what are I'm trying to think of like the six or seven win poll thing. Oh, seven the Belk Bowl. Belk, Belk oh bowl. my god. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> uh, in the Southland, let's see. What else is there? Birmingham. Birmingham yeah, the Birmingham Bowl. Bowl. That's that's for a 6-6 six and six team. Music uh, City. Music City. That'd well, be fun. Music City would be fun. Is the Outback Bowl an option, or do you have to win eight games? I think you have that? to win eight games to get that. Okay. Uh, important question. Chris. I'm listening. I need your thoughts on that Scooby-Doo trailer. Because <laughs> if you watch our Twitter at all. Why Scooby-Doo guy now? I get well. I guess for that one or not, but which we'll get into in just a second. If you watch my if you watch my Twitter or the accounts Twitter, uh, the salute your sports Twitter, I might have alluded to you watching that certain trailer many times. That's not true. I only watched it like twice. Once on like uh, oh, just to get a feel for it, and then my brother texted it to me. I was like, you need to watch for this. So I watched it again, and it was really cool. How do you not bring Matthew Lillard back as the voice of Shaggy? That's what I don't get. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm not really, we could talk about this later, but yeah. I always assumed you were a big Scooby-Doo fan because you dropped that stupid or not on me. I figured it was Halloween themed. Anyways, we'll talk about this over the break. When we come back, we're going to get into or not plus American grievances. Don't go anywhere, folks. It's still your sports here on KCU 88.1 FM and KCU.FM. In 75 years, we have worked together to improve the lives of the people of Missouri. By helping lawyers even better serve their clients. By improving the laws that impact our daily lives. By keeping you informed. And by increasing access to our courts. We have achieved more than we ever could as individuals. We are. We are. We are. The Missouri Bar. And we're here to help. Brought to you by the Missouri Bar. I'm jumping in with my clothes on. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. What does loan default mean for me? Should I file for bankruptcy? How is child support determined? Just because you think you can't afford a lawyer doesn't mean you can't get legal advice. At missouri.freelegalanswers.org. Qualified citizens can get up to three legal questions a year answered by licensed Missouri lawyers who volunteer their time. Log on and answer a few questions about your income to see if you qualify. Missouri.freelegalanswers.org. Brought to you by the Missouri Bar. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Salute Your Sports here on KCU 88.1 FM and KCU.FM. It's time for Ornah. Of course, it's, it's also time for the Houston Astros to stop cheating. How about that? That's true. Hey, I was going to get to That's that. That's his grievance, anyways. So, of course, spoiler alert the central conceit with Ornah is that there is a list, there is a topic 
and a list regarding that topic. And me and Berman are supposed to decide whether or not this speci- this specific thing fits into that sort of topic. Where are you not. going with this? I felt like you were going to lead into something crazy. No. I also know what you James know- Zornai is. So, oh come on! It's okay. I didn't look into yeah, he it. Yeah, d- I, I made him promise. But Missouri on Saturday was shut out for the 107th time against an NCAA Division One opponent. Oh boy! So this or not is. Has Missouri been shut out by this team or not? Nah? How you like them apples, Zach Berman? I liked it better with the live mascots. So who wants to go first? Uh, I can go first. All right, Chris Mitchell, let's let's start things out. I won't make it this easy because Georgia was going to be the first one up, but uh, <laughs> that was the third time Georgia shut out Mizzou, which, okay. by the way, Georgia shut out Mizzou the last two times. So That's crazy. Let's go with uh, Kentucky. Uh, has Mizzou shut out Kentucky? Yes, or pardon me, has Kentucky shut out Mizzou? Yes or not? Uh, I'm going to say yes. Ding, ding. They did in 1965. <laughs> oh, boy. So here we go, Zach Berman. Let's go with um, the Kansas City Medics. Have they shut out the University of Missouri in football? What? Yes or not? What? No, I'm just going to say no. Mm. What? <laughs> <laughs> no. Not just once. They did it twice. That's right. Oh, my. Uh. <laughs> Kansas City Medics. <laughs> I'm not going to live that one down. <laughs> All right. Two to nothing. One nothing as we head to the top half of the second inning. Chris Mitchell. How about LSU? Has Missouri been shut out by LSU? Yes or no? Uh, yes. Wow. that. That really No, really. No, okay. they've not. Interesting. Surprising one. Yeah. Uh Missouri's put up points every time they played LSU. I can't even find anything okay. on the KC medics. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Was it what is it? A medical school? I I couldn't tell. He's back in the eighteen nineties. Oh my god. All right, Chris Mitchell, let's go with uh Florida. Me? It's me. Or pardon me, Zach Berman. Has has uh Missouri been shut up by Florida, yes or no? Yes. No, Missouri has put up points every time they play Florida. They've been like, shut out. It might happen this weekend, though. Eh, right. This one might put up points. They'll Still, put up like uh, 10. One to nothing in favor of uh, Chris Mitchell here to head to the top half of the Missouri will cover the spread. Let's go with UCLA. Has Missouri ever been shut out by UCLA? Yes or no? Yes. Ding, ding. 1937. Okay. Missouri had some bad teams back in the 30s. <laughs> in the For, 80s. Uh, in the 80s. And All right, two to nothing. 90s. Zach Berman, let's go with uh, let's go with the Denver Athletic Club. Has Missouri been I shut have up? to say yes. <laughs> it's too obscure. Not, not just once, but twice. Chris, you were talking about the spread. Do you think Rutgers covers minus 52? No. Yeah, me neither. I had to think about it, but no. <laughs> Regrets to inform you that Rutgers will not cover. What's right. the last game they covered? I don't know. We can get into this some other time. Hey, good teams win, great teams cover. Great teams cover, man. All right. Mizzou could be a great team this weekend. They might have to win. They just need to cover. In favor of Chris as we head to the top half of the fourth. Let's go with uh, Ole Miss. Has Missouri ever been shut up by Ole Miss? Yes or not, Chris no. Mitchell? Ooh. They have been, and that was an Ole Miss's only win in 1974. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Not too bad. All Berman, right. You're still alive here. Zach Berman, you're 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 still kicking. Let's go with KU. Has Missouri been shut up by KU? Yes, yes or no? 
Yes, they have been. They've not, played so many times. Yeah, not just once, but uh, 14 times. 14! Wow! How about that? 14 times. Yeah, how about them apples? All right. Where are we at now? All right, uh, 2-2. Oh, yeah. we head to the top of the fifth. Alabama. Has Missouri been shut up by Alabama, yes or not, Chris Mitchell? Uh, no. They have never been shut up by the Alabama Crimson Tide. Played, uh, first Sounds crazy, there. but they haven't. Even well, they've also, they've well, it's also not, not like Alabama has always been good either. They've not played them a bunch of times either. Yeah, I mean, even right. in that title game, they put up points. 3-2. Let's go with Vanderbilt. Zach Berman, has Missouri ever been shut up by Vanderbilt, yes or no? No. Ding, ding, and we continue to tie things up. All right. Chris Mitchell, let's go with uh, let's go with Illinois. Has Missouri ever been shut up by Illinois? Yes or no? Nah? I'm gonna say yes. Yeah, twice. Oh, man, and James, I feel like this was your way of getting back at me for dropping the how many Uggas have. No, I don't, th- I don't think this was a battle or not. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm digging this one. All right, and uh, Illinois, those two times, 1896 and 1994, 100 years apart. <laughs> wow, that's pretty bananas. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool number. So. Uh, Chris retakes the lead for three. Zach Berman, let's go with uh, Iowa State. Has Missouri ever been shut up by Iowa State, yes or no? This feels like a trick question. I feel like you're expecting me to say yes, so I'm going to say no. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> They've been shut out nine times, believe it or not. Oh, boy. I'm going to have to crack open a Ferris Bueller joke here. Nine times? Nine, nine times. times. Nine times. All right, Chris Mitchell, let's go with uh, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Has Missouri ever been shut out by them, yes or no? Yes. Ding, ding, 1945. Right at the end of uh, World War II. Yeah. Actually, well, no, World, yeah, World War II just, just, just ended at that point. Yep. All right, Chris Mitchell leads 5-3. Zach Berman, let's go with Arkansas. Has Missouri been shut up by Arkansas, yes, yes or no? Oh never. Oh, my goodness. They've never been shut up by Arkansas. Nope. Sure have Not going to happen. Not going to happen this year by far, no matter how, how bad Missouri comes into that game. All right, 5-3, Chris Mitchell, chance for you to attack on the lead here. Let's go with uh, Kansas State. Has Missouri ever been shut up by Kansas State, yes or no? Yes. Seven times. Like, this is one of those things where it's like, K-State was so bad for so long, but you play a team long enough, you get shut out once or twice. All right. Let's uh, let's go to uh, Zach Berman, trying to stay alive here and uh, pretty much... uh, I don't know if we're going to go to the... Well, we probably want to get to the tiebreaker question, but I am curious to see what your guys' answers would be. Let's go with uh, Northwestern, the Battle of the J Schools. Has Missouri ever been yes. shut up by Northwestern? That is correct. Can you tell me the year? Oh, uh, boy. 1947. <laughs> just a guess. <laughs> 1932. Ah, wasn't that far off. Hey, man. Not too far. All right, Chris Mitchell. Let's go with New York University. Has Missouri ever been shut up by New York University? Yes I'm, or no? I'm going to say yeah. Twice. NYU had a football team? Yes. NYU had a football team, dude. All right, 7-4. Zach, you're still on thin ice here. As long as you keep answering them right, though. Let's go with Penn State. Has Missouri ever been shut out by Penn State, yes or not? No. Ding, ding. Somehow Zach is... We are still alive. Still kicking. All right, 7-5. to five. Chris Mitchell. Let's go with Clemson. Has Missouri ever been shut out by Clemson, yes or no? Uh, No. Uh-oh. 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 Here's a chance for Zach Berman to climb back in the driver's seat. Uh, did they play uh, Clemson in the 80s or something? Uh, they got shut out in 1950. Okay. 
They did so play Clemson in the eighties though too. Okay, because I was I think the, the last, Tangerine Bowl maybe. because yeah, that was the last time Clemson was really really good. Shout All right, Zach Berman. Let's that from the go with cast. Colorado. Has Missouri ever been yes. shut up by Colorado? Ding ding. And Zach Berman, you're one point away from. If time. you want to go back to like the Big Eight, those teams have played each other a lot. Oh yeah. Well, it's only four times. Kind of shocking. What? They've only. The, oh no no. Colorado's only shut up Missouri oh, four oh. times. All right, Chris Mitchell. Let's go with Notre Dame. Has Missouri ever been shut up by Notre Dame? Yes or no? Uh, yeah. Mm. Oh no. Oh boy. Oh no. Chris Mitchell, Zach Berman could uh, take the tie here. Let's go with uh, let's go with Oklahoma State. Has Missouri ever been shut yes. up by Oklahoma State? No. No, they've not. <laughs> and we're coming down to the wire here. We only got maybe like one or two more questions left here. Chris Mitchell, how about this? This is this is for all the marbles. If you get this, then you walk it off. Not walk it off, but you but but, but you clinch here. Let's go with Baylor. Has Missouri ever been shut up by Baylor? Yes or no? No. No. <laughs> Oh, uh-oh. What oh. year? Uh, 1972. Here's how this is going to work. Zach, if you get this question right, then we're going to go to the tiebreaker. Okay. So let's go with Miami, Florida. Not Miami of Ohio, but the U. Has the U ever shut out the University of Missouri, yes or not? No. Mm. Oh, no. Or, or, what year? Or, 1988. Oh, my yeah. goodness. What yeah. was the tiebreaker? The tiebreaker is what team has shut out Missouri the most times? Nebraska. That's that's one good guess. Zach Berman, who, who would you take? Texas. Well, Chris Mitchell would have won because Nebraska shut out Missouri 17 times, but only for number two. Who is number one? It's not Texas. It's, uh, it is part of the Red River rivalry. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Oklahoma 18 okay. times. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. 18 times Missouri's been shut out by Oklahoma. Okay. All right. Well, woohoo! Shout out to me for winning or not this week. Um, let's get into some airing and grievances real quick, and then we'll yeah, we gotta we gotta scoot on out of here for the pulse. All right, starting things off. Uh, Berman. Oh. I'm gonna take a deep with the breath here. Of grievances. I got okay. A lot of problems with you people. Now you're gonna hear about it. You've got some holy fury. You want? Do you remember? Do you remember when the Astros had that big, bulky hill in center field at Minute Maid Park? Uh, probably. Tows Hill. You ever seen this picture? I'm going to pull it up. Uh, yeah. They removed that hill in center field okay. at the end of the 2016 season. Right. The 2017 season, they put in a new center field fence. Ooh. And that is when it happened. And if you don't know what it is, the Astros have been electronically stealing signs. There is evidence. There are testimonies from players. Mike Fires, who was on the team. This isn't some Patriots Spygate BS. There's This isn't a he said, she said, he might have. There is definitive proof. You can hear the banging on the garbage cans. You can. And now my question There's is. There's garbage cans. How do, how do you punish them? What do you do? You can't vacate a title as much as angry Yankee and Dodger Twitter wants you to believe. <laughs> I, I guess you got to give them, just fine them. Just get a, yeah, scorch your pocketbooks a little bit. I don't know. That doesn't do anything. They're a major league team. And here's the best part. Interesting. As a Yankees fan, this is where I sort of lick my lips here. The other two major figures involved in this are Carlos Beltran, who is the manager of the Mets, and Alex Cora. Was the manager of the Red Sox. Both of them 
were involved with the Astros organization at the time. Cora was an assistant coach. Beltran played on the team. Carlos Beltran was the first person to work James Paxton out of tipping his pitches in Houston when Beltran was an assistant on the Yankees last year. How would Beltran have known that? Well, there's so much to unpack, and I don't want to take away all this much time, but I'm going to leave it up to this. Uh, If you follow John Boy on Twitter, y'all follow John Boy? He Uh, makes these like... Yeah. Yeah. John Boy's? No, John Boy, J-O-M-B-O-Y. He Uh, makes these like baseball analysis videos. Hmm. And he's like really good with sound editing and he's like made it very clear to point out like in the live game broadcasts where the cheating occurred. It's really interesting. And it really makes you wonder... When was the last time a professional sports team got caught with their hand in the cookie jar to this extent? Patriots. But there's no definitive proof of the Patriots. Uh, uh, maybe the 1954 New York Giants. The we, Giants won the pennant. Are we going back to the Black Sox in 1919? Shoot. So if that's the precedent, then what you're saying is that there should be bans of players from baseball. I don't think it's the player. I I don't know who should be. I, I think it's more the front office that should be in trouble because I don't know. This is a weird, weird situation, so I'm just going to pass it over to someone else because I could talk your ears off over this. Okay, so I want to shout out real quick to Patrick Mahomes, who's back after nursing a kneecap ankle injury for, like, most of the season. Back, looked pretty returned to form in most cases through 50 Pass attempts completed for like 449 yards, three touchdowns. All that's great. Only problem is special teams left. I want to say seven points on the board. That would have been the difference between coming out of uh, the, that Titans game with the dub and an L. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that during a postgame interview, someone asked a Titans player, hey, man, how did you snuff out all those special teams plays? And which ended up being like the X factors and the deciding calls in those games. Uh, as it turns out, Kansas City uh, uses the same cadence every time they, do a, they make a extra point or a field goal. And that's how these play. That's how that Titans guy or how the Titans were able to snuff him out. So congratulations for, you know, keeping it obvious, Kansas City. Uh, it's death by a thousand paper cuts this year, ain't it? Might have to go through with the officiating crew from that from that Saturday or from Sunday's game. Ooh, you talk about that offsides? The offsides and the whistle blowing in the crowd, Ooh. which also threw everything off, too. All I'm going to say, hey, welcome man. to enjoying your Steve Spagnuolo defense. As a Giants fan, I'm used to it. Oh, man. I like the blitzes, though. I like those. The safety blitzes, those are cool. Anyways, beyond that, thank you guys so much for tuning in to Salute Your Sports. I'm Chris Mitchell for James Stanley and Zach Bourbon. We will be back. Next week to talk about that Florida game, plus Mizzou basketball of both the men's and women's variety. Up next is a pulse. Thank you guys so much.